Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Movember Radio. I'm Osher Ginsberg. Thanks for joining us. This is a weekly podcast focusing on men's health and the issues that men face today. You can subscribe to us in the iTunes store and find the previous episodes at MovemberRadio.com. Movember is a community of over 5 million men and women around the world, Mo Bros and Mo Sisters. And each week we speak with someone from that community who is passionate about changing the face of men's health. Today we speak with Owen Sharp. Now, Owen is the Global Director of programs at the Movember Foundation. He's a long-time MoBro. He uh, currently oversees a number of Movember global initiatives, including True North, which is the world's largest single investment in prostate cancer interventions and programs. There's a global fund of over $40 million committed to date. The interesting thing about Owen is he started his career as an emergency nurse in the Glasgow hospital system. He tells some pretty interesting stories about that. Now, before we get to the conversation, please remember on February 4th, the world unites to show that together we can do something about cancer. Show your support on World Cancer Day by getting a Movember prostate or testicular cancer pin, if you're in the UK, a unity band, and help raise awareness for the millions of men living with cancer worldwide. You can get these, of course, from Movember.com. So... Let's get on with the chat with Owen. How do you do, Owen? I'm good, mate. I'm very good. It's um, it's uh, seven o'clock in the morning in grey and horrible in uh, the east of England, but uh, it's good to be talking to you. The east of England on the North Atlantic in in the dead of winter. Yeah, it's it's not the cheeriest time of year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad we could be talking uh, with you. You are the uh, global director of programs at the Movember Foundation. Uh, how? When did you first uh, hear about Movember? How did you come and get involved? So I've um, I got involved with Movember uh, nearly kind of five and a bit years ago. So prior to joining the foundation, I worked for Prostate Cancer UK, um, who are Movember, or one of Movember's main partners in the UK. Um, so from day one, when I joined PC UK, I was uh, inducted into the world of Movember and found out very quickly all about what it was to be a MoBro, what it was to um, look forward to growing. Uh, and for me, it was my first ever moustache. Um so I joined, I think, in the February, and I 
I think I had sort of almost almost uh, ten, nine or ten months of fear for not knowing what this <laughs> facial hair was going to look like. But that was my first exposure to Movember. And um, ever since then, really um, enjoy being part of uh, the journey we were on. When I was at PCUK, did a lot of work to put together some of the national and global programmes with Movember. And then was absolutely honoured and privileged to um, have the opportunity to come all the way over to the hairy side of the fence and uh, <laughs> sign up and join up for Movember uh, in October last year. Well, Owen, there's uh, something that does fascinate me about about you. I've got uh, parents for doctors and uh, they've told me all about the early part of your career is that you generally have to go to the hospitals where other doctors don't want to go to and you have to kind of deal with, with the patients that other people don't want to deal with. Um, you uh, were a nurse in an emergency ward in Glasgow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was not onto a winner there when you put that together, really, because uh, despite how I sound, believe it or not, I am actually Scottish by birth, but I have I, my parents moved down to England when I was very, very young, so I have no ability to sound like a Scotsman. Um, I was a male nurse, um, which was not the most common thing at the time, so there was me, um, male nurse, and also at the time, um, I hadn't learned to cut my hair, so I also was a male nurse, and I'm kind of six foot plus, with a big ponytail uh, and a kind of English Essex accent. And so I stood out like a sore thumb. And um, in the hospitals of Glasgow, people are going to point that out to you. But actually, I had a fantastic training. Um, I learned a great deal from a great many um, fantastic clinicians and fantastic patients. But yes, in those days, you did tend to, um, as, a, as a male nurse, you got sent off very quickly to the kind of male surgical ward at the back of the hospital. So I saw the impact of male cancer really early on. And I think one of the things I learned very early on was that you were seeing men regularly who were, were being diagnosed far too late because they just had no social ability to talk about the disease and talk about what's happening to them. So I learned that. But I probably have never had as much fun and laughed as much as I did when I used to work on those wards because men also deal with this stuff with an incredibly kind of black sense of humour and actually the camaraderie that you used to find on those wards, often with guys who were dying, was incredible. And, and that, that sort of inspired me early on in my career and that's why I'm so really very excited to be part of um, what we were doing at Prostate Cancer UK and then particularly what we're doing in Movember. How early in your uh, nursing career was it very obvious to, to you the different ways that men and women deal with health issues? I think it was really early on that that became very apparent. I'm always slightly reluctant to overgeneralise, but the, the truth is it is obvious. There was, I think men and women do the same thing, but they do them in very, very different ways. So if you're on a female ward, women are very supportive of one another, but they're much more kind of directly emotionally supportive, whereas men kind of support each other by, you know, taking the mickey out of the... The, the football team score from yesterday and stuff it's just it's a different form of support and you have you have to recognize that i think i think the other thing early on that i recognized that was really good is that it isn't just that men do this stuff differently it's that so often health services have no ability or, or whether they have the ability or not they just don't organize themselves in a way to actually respond to that 
they don't actually gear up the way they talk to men or the way they set services up or the, or the way that support networks are in place in any way different. It's just done in this generic way that very frequently completely misses the needs of men. And I think I think we need to do a better job of, of challenging health services as well to actually find ways to communicate with men the way that men communicate with each other about everything else. And I think health services generally, as a huge generalisation, are really poor at doing that. Well, clearly this defined a lot of your, your career paths. Just, just one more question about your time uh, working in, you know, by, by patients' bedsides before you moved over to the more, your more administrative side of things. W- what did you learn about speaking with families when the breadwinner, the patriarch, the leader of the family was in a compromised health situation? What did you learn about that? I learned loads about that in terms of just the impact that that can have for everybody and the fact that you this is a bit stereotypical but it's a stereotype in many ways because it's true you had very big strong glaswegian men who had never had a day off sick in their life never talked about their health and stuff and then suddenly were struck down with with kind of either with debilitating diseases either actually from a physical perspective or even just from an emotional point of view in terms of knowing what was happening to them and the impact that that had on families seeing somebody who'd been so strong and silent all their life through was absolutely huge and they had no idea what to do I think the thing that I learned very early on is the best thing that I could ever do to help support and provide the right or or the best for those families is actually to be a friend to that man and and to try and communicate in a way that, that worked for them, but to try and get the health messages across. And when you got it right and you didn't always get it right, you know, I remember on a couple of occasions being pulled to one side at the end of a shift by or at the end of a visiting period by a man's wife or a man's daughter and saying, thank you very much. He's obviously talking to you about this stuff and we haven't been able to get him to talk and no one else has. So, you know, those were the things that made a big difference. So I think it was... It, it's as equally scary for families when men are in a position where they and if it's men who've never talked about their health to then see um, the diseases whatever that disease is had such an impact they have no they have no discourse they have no vocabulary to talk about this stuff because they've never done it in any previous life so it's equally as as difficult for the rest of the family so you know the wife and the daughter might talk to each other about their health I think we sometimes overstate how much women do that but they probably do talk about their health more but they have no language by which to talk to dad about health so that's why a lot of what we're trying to do now about getting people used to talking about health in the good days as well as the bad days is is really important you moved on to work as a ceo of, of prostate cancer uk later in your career before before you joined movember and uh, as you mentioned before prostate cancer uk was one of the people that movember worked with and now movember proper is kind of dealing with a lot of different places I know that Movember's kind of uh, instrumental in altering the way cancer research is being done. Can you talk a little about cancer research progressing and, and what might limit cancer research? Yeah, I mean, I think since I was lucky enough to get involved in uh, prostate cancer work through um, Prostate Cancer UK and then through Movember, I think I think we've made huge strides in prostate cancer research. I think it's one of the areas that in what is a relatively slow-moving field, just by definition, because it's science and their long-term research projects, it takes a long time. But when I look back to sort of the five or six years since I've been involved in it, it's, it's changed hugely. And I think, to me, the things that have changed it are more cultural than they are 
actual outputs, although I think we're getting to a place where there really are some great outputs coming through. The first thing is because it's something, because prostate cancer is the disease that's talked about a lot more, it actually is an area of research that has real scientific credibility to be part of. And I don't think that was the case definitely 10 years ago and possibly even five years ago. So when I first got involved in this and, and was talking with the research team at Prostate Cancer UK and at, at Movember, what are the challenges? One of the challenges that the team was saying early on was that we can't get the brightest young researchers and scientists coming out of university and college to come into prostate cancer. And frankly, the reason they're not doing that is because it's not perceived to be a sexy area of research because it wasn't very fast moving, because almost the broader attitude to the disease well well it's just one of those diseases that guys get that has changed in a very short space of time and i firmly and fundamentally believe november were a big part of that um and really actually have, have moved that forward and frankly prostate cancer research is sexy now in in the way that it really feels like it's got momentum it's got appeal and most importantly there are some very exciting kind of lines of discovery and, and advancement that really do feel like will lead to some some big and important changes so it's a it's a world that's that, that's moving forward quickly i think the other thing that i think november have done a fantastic job in is really drive collaboration research is a strange world in the sense that you've got really talented and very committed people who want to do scientific research but they're set into an environment where they're often asked to compete against one another be it for funding or almost be it for kind of profile and Movember's challenged that paradigm they've come in and they've said you know what we're going to fund collaboration we're going to make sure that we're not asking people to compete we're actually going to reward you guys coming together and sharing your knowledge and sharing where you've got and seeing if we can get new knowledge and new findings coming out of that that was a tough thing to do to start with and before I was involved in it, because it, it was set a few years ago, there was a sense that, you know, people were almost going to kind of laugh at that idea. You can't do it that way. That's what they're saying. Well, I think Movember have done a fantastic job of changing that paradigm. There really is some great collaboration and it's collaboration across national institutions and international boundaries. And that is definitely driving new ways of thinking. It's definitely accelerating lines of discovery. And I think there really are some very, very exciting possibilities and ways of looking at it. I think we understand prostate cancer disease better. We know how it starts to evolve in the body. We know that the, um, the genetic sequencing, we certainly... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? 
United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You know it's not one disease, that there are different types and forms of it, which helps in terms of working through. So I think... I think the challenge now, and you asked at the end of that, the, the challenge for what are the the challenge is we are learning an awful lot quite quickly, and we need to work very closely with the scientific community to prioritise where we're going to make the choices to what to look at next. Because there's so much exciting information, we could create a cottage industry of going off and following every individual different strand, and you know bringing more money in and chasing funds for the sake of funds. We really need to focus on where we think the strongest lines of inquiry are, and working together to, to to push through and see is this the answer that gets us to a place where we can fundamentally change the treatment, and most importantly, get to a place where we can fundamentally change the diagnosis of this disease because for all the things that we know now um, and we knew a lot more about this disease we still have a really really poor uh, mechanisms to actually diagnose men with the disease which is just the fundamental problem um, that starts with it you can't if you don't know properly to say whether a man does or doesn't have this disease then you're always fighting a rear guard action in terms of treating when it comes to things like uh, awareness, Movember has obviously been quite successful uh, in the last mm. 10 years or 12 years, it should be. Uh, where do things like uh, the month of Movember and, and World Cancer Day, which is just around the corner, what, what role do they play in, in the greater picture for you? I, I think awareness is, a, is an incredibly easy word to say. And, and, and then when you stop and think about what it means, it's an incredibly big thing. We're asking people to become not just aware, we're actually asking people to understand and to know things about a disease and their risks and their exposure to it. And they are things that you can't just tell people once. And what I think is is great about what Movember has done is that it's built the whole idea of understanding issues around men's health. And this is what I think World Cancer Day is doing as well, is it's just building it into people's life. It's giving it a, a sense of other things that you do around it. So in the case of World Cancer Day, it's about, you know, talking about cancer. It's talking about the breadth of cancer. It's really getting the idea across that we can do something about this. Movember itself is talking about men's health and, and all the breadth across it. But it's doing it whilst you're doing other things. And the awareness that Movember is doing within all of that context and things like World Cancer do is it's just, it becomes part of life. It becomes the backdrop to what you're doing. And actually, six months down the line, when you're thinking about something else, you have a knowledge and you have an understanding about some of those core messages. These whole activities and awareness, it never works to sit down and kind of preach people. You can't do it in a classroom, but make it part of life, make it something fun, do other things and get the messaging and, and the understanding through the awareness work that you do in the backdrop. We have to talk about this all the time. It takes years and generations to actually get us to a different place. And, and we must, you know, having moments in time is incredibly helpful in doing that. But actually, if we can keep doing it and keep those things going, then actually it becomes part of everyday conversations, which is, is, is the objective in all this. It's where it gets us to. And that's where things like wearing uh, unity bands and things come in? It does indeed. Yes, it does. So uh, I'm wearing my um, UK-based prostate and testicular um, cancer unity band. Um, those things matter. Uh, the ones for World Cancer Day in the UK are, are quite prominent. They're, they're yellow and blue. Um, they also have a, uh, 
as a sideline, they also have quite a strong magnetic clip. So I keep finding myself getting stuck to the fridge with it and things like <laughs> that. But all of those things are a conversation starter. So it's good to, when somebody walks past the fridge and sees you bolted to the side of it and they <laughs> want to know why, then you can tell them about World Cancer Day. So, you know, it's, it, it, those things matter. If, if somebody asks you on the bus, if somebody has a chat with you in the pub about, oh, what's that? I've not seen one of those before. That's the way in. And, and the best ambassadors and the best advocates we will ever have for this stuff is the guy in the pub, the guy on the bus, the guy on the football terrace or watching the sport. I can sit and talk about this stuff all day long, but actually if your mate tells you about it or even a stranger tells you about it, you are many, many more times likely to remember it. So that's why we just want to keep that conversation going and keeping the awareness working all the way through you spent some time working in the in the nhs in the uk yeah what's some things that you can tell us from the other side of the coin from the uh from the treatment side in the public system where there is such a volume of patients that you're dealing with unlike the the, the private system what can you tell us about um that side of things so that patients on the other side can understand a little better about how their treatment happens and the timeline of their treatment the whole debate about private and, 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 and public health care is quite an interesting one and on a different day I'm sure we could have a long long conversation yeah. about pros and cons of all, uh, you know which health systems work I think I, I think the one observation that, that I've kind of got of a headline point of view is there is no such thing as the perfect health care system I think everybody who's part of one sees the flaws that it has and, and, and having a system to, to deal with everybody's health on the scale from a population point of view is an incredibly difficult thing to do any which way I think so one of the things that I've learned probably more anywhere else in my career than, than in this job was how similar the issues are as opposed to different. And I came into this thinking that because healthcare systems can look and behave so differently, it must completely change the experience of patients. So one of the things we've done at November is the True North programme. And the True North programme um, exists, certainly at the times we set them up in Australia, the UK, Canada and the United States. And as part of that process, at the start of identifying what we wanted to do in True North, so True North is all about bringing together clinicians and patients um, who've got good ideas about how things could be diff done differently, bring them together to actually provide resources, time and money and some evaluation to actually prove up that idea. And if that idea works, then find a way that we can actually have a model that could scale it up and take them across the whole healthcare system. And what, so when we went into those processes, we did each of the four different markets in a kind of sequential way. And I went into all of those processes. I was lucky enough to be part of the setup workshop and do some of the facilitation for each of the setup workshops in all of those four markets. I assumed, and this shows you where you should never assume anything with this stuff, I assumed we were going to find incredibly different issues because of the healthcare system. So the men who were coming to talk to us, the clinicians who were coming as part of the American healthcare system, were just going to talk about, well, all the challenges we've got are about having an insurance healthcare system that doesn't do very good things for, for men in the, uh, you know, who haven't got insurance and the lights around this and we've got to find very different ways to do it without fail when we went through all four of those as clinicians and patients sat down together they all came up with virtually the identical list of priorities of things that we needed to address it made no real difference about the system that they were in it was exactly the same challenges that they were facing about having the right profile making sure that care was given in a total way that met all of the needs of the men and i think the things that, that i've seen from that and when i 
reflect back on my clinical career and, and administrative career in the NHS and in healthcare systems, it shows that we are very good in healthcare systems, be they public or private. The thing that you can default to doing is treating the disease. It's battling whatever the medical problem that is in front of you. And that's understandable. So it becomes about saving somebody's life. It becomes about wiping out the cancer in the case of prostate and and my god that is an incredibly legitimate thing to do but it is not the only legitimate thing to do and what we have to do is find a partnership to actually look after other aspects of 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 care and actually all systems unless you have really inspired and inspiring clinicians then that's the thing that can drop off the end so for example something like testicular cancer we are doing a fantastic medical job of treating testicular cancer we are just brilliant at it and very very few men and boys are dying of testicular cancer these days and most of them are being cured but what we tend to do is we you know a guy has a lump on his testicle his feet don't touch the ground he goes through his gp gets brought into hospital he'll have an operation often to remove the testicle and then within two days he's kind of stuck back on the train and say going home it's fine you're cured and there's a 22 year old sitting at home who's just been through this journey and through this experience feet hasn't touched the ground and he's sitting in there rigid with fear about might this happen to me again does this mean what does this mean about my ability to have children in the future how's this going to affect my kind of sexual relationships and stuff and there's nobody standing there around him to help with any of that stuff and and the impact that that can have on his life could be as big as the disease he could be completely mentally and physically disabled by that for years and years to come and that stuff is relatively easy to sort out if we can get into the right place the right conversations the right support along the way and that's the stuff that all healthcare systems can be very guilty for getting to do and it's universal whether it's private or public so i think that's something that we need patients to ask more of us as clinicians and as clinicians we need to ask more of one another to do it and we need to place often a higher value on making sure that we're treating all aspects of having a disease not just the medical side of it mate if i uh touch wood if i ever get afflicted with anything like this i certainly want a guy like you around because no i understand what those guys in the glasgow hospital were were talking about mate the way you are talking about this the way you're making me feel comfortable <laughs> about it if, as if i were a shipbuilder from greenock mate you're making me feel good Oh, thank you, thank you. I mean, to be honest, the main thing the guys from Glasgow—they just like to take the piss out of the lanky bloke with long hair and that stupid accent. That was the—that was the main thing they liked about me. Two, two of my best mates are from Greenock, so I—I uh, I know I know the tone very, very well. Um, yeah, yeah. Mate, we've come to we've come to the end of our time, which I, I, I couldn't be more grateful for. We could we could talk all day, but uh, we always end this conversation with the three same questions. So I'll, I'll hit them with uh, hit them with you now. Uh, when it does come time for November, when you've had those months of warm up, what kind of moustache comes out of your face? Well, I, I tend to go for the trucker. I have to say, um, I've um, got quite strong, yeah, quite strong ginger tones, and um, I've decided to to be ginger and proud when it comes to it. So I go for the maximum mo, which is a nice thick trucker. I love it. If you could pick up the phone and call yourself at eighteen, what would you tell young Owen? Um, the honest thing that I would tell myself is just enjoy it. I really wouldn't actually do very much more than that at the end of the day i've made plenty of mistakes along the way but i think i've done all right and I, there's nothing worse than somebody else kind of pointing it out i think you have to find your own way in life and whatever it is so the only thing i would say is just enjoy every minute of it and finally what do you appreciate most in your mates 
I think what I appreciate most in my mates is just knowing they're there. I think there's something very powerful about male friendship where there is just this whole unspoken thing when you know a good mate is somebody that you probably have very very few in-depth conversations with but it's somebody who you inherently know you could somebody who's if i ever you know come the wet arsed hour i know my good mates would be there and i know that i would be there for my mates whatever and that doesn't need saying it's just one of those things you know so that's it's when that's my definition of a good mate when you know somebody will have your back whatever and that you would have their back that's that's what you most appreciate in them magnificent owen thank you so much for your time have a great day and i hope the sun does come out a little for you today well i think that's incredibly unlikely if agree, but uh, uh, i certainly appreciate the sentiment That was Owen Sharp. For more information, you can head to Movember.com, which is also where you can buy a Unity Band if you're in the UK, or buy a Movember pin if you're outside the UK. Both available from our shop at Movember.com, where proudly show your support for World Cancer Day on the 4th of February. Raise awareness for the millions of men living with cancer worldwide. If you've missed an episode of Movember Radio, you can find them at MovemberRadio.com and have us appear magically in your phone by subscribing in the iTunes store or the podcast app of your choice. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Have a fantastic week. Talk to you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.